podcast. Uh, this is Chris Dufresne, and I'm joined here on Halloween by the cohorts, uh, Tony Barnhart. I think we got everybody together, Herbie Gould and Mark Blouchin. Are we all there? Say aye. Aye. Everybody here. Okay. Aye, aye. <laughs> aye, aye. Aye, aye. Uh, we got a busy, busy uh, plate, full plate today. Uh, we could go uh, probably hours. We won't do that. But uh, before we get started, let's bring in and thank again our sponsor, APBA uh, Games, APA, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games, apagames.com. And as usual, we'll bring in the longest playing APA gamester out there, Mark Blouchin, and we're wondering, now that the World Series is over, uh, first of all, how'd you do in the World Series against uh, against the uh, Dodgers and Red Sox, and what are you going to do now in the offseason? Well, Go. the first question is, I, I did a better job than Dave Ross imagined, because I, I, I kept Rich Hill in for longer than he did, and, <laughs> and Dodgers won game three and game four to send the series back at 2-2. Really? So I don't know what happened there after that. Uh, but now it's kind of withdrawal. I, I kind of put the cards away and kind of looked at them sadly and said, well, I'll see you next spring, maybe. I don't know. Well, the good thing is they have uh, other sports. They have they have football, all sorts of other games, soccer. Uh, that's why you should go to apbagames.com. You can check out the site and, uh, and see what it's all about. Let's get right to the big news of the week. There's a lot of news, but the big news is the first release of the college football Playoff ranking or rankings, whichever you want to prefer grammatically. I say ranking. Um, no surprises at all. I, I didn't see any. Um, we'll bring in uh, Tony because Tony has the uh, the lion's share of teams represented here in his region of the country. Uh, Tony, give me your thoughts on the uh, us your thoughts on the first ranking. Well, I, I was a little surprised that the committee. Put LSU ahead of Notre Dame. I think LSU deserved to be there. I just didn't think the committee would do it with a with an undefeated Notre Dame team. But it, it doesn't matter. You know, you you're going to be where you're going to be at the end. If Notre Dame wins out, they're in. Okay, and they, and they'll end up being a number two or number three seed. The other thing surprised me a little bit. I thought with Washington State's non-conference schedule, which is uh, less than impressive, I thought they might not crack the top eight. But there they are. And, the Pirates got a chance to uh, go from there. And, of course, uh, UCF, the most underappreciated team in the world, is at 12. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's, uh, let's talk about UCF for a second because I thought, I thought the Rob Mullins and the committee was sort of talking out of both sides of their mouth. They say, they say that previous achievement has nothing to do with this ranking and past performance and the fact they've won 20 in a row has nothing to do with it. Yet they put a team... Uh, at number 12, I mean, what do we make of this? Because based on what uh, Central Florida has done on the field, you mentioned Washington State, Central Florida hasn't played a team with a winning record. Uh, if you just looked at them, you know, uh, outside uh, you know, outside the box here, did they deserve to be 12? Her- Herbie, did they, did they deserve to be? I, I don't you know. know. I'm, I'm probably the wrong one to ask. All right. I, then, I then let's ask. Like, you know, the Power <laughs> Five and the Group of Five are, are just two different sets of teams in my mind. And uh, I know UCF has some, some good opponents coming up the rest of the yeah. way, which is why, you know, you, to your point, to have them at 12 
if they beat some quality opponents, where are they going to end up? I just don't. I just think that the system is rigged against <laughs> that's, that's right. the group of five. Uh, you know, and I'm not. I'm not commenting on whether that's good or bad, but it just is. And so I don't really pay a lot of attention. I mean, Central Florida. I really think attrition matters, and if you don't, you know, if you're not getting beat up in a league week after week, it's easier to to do what they're doing. Yeah. But that said, they're they're a nice team. Mark Blauchin, Central Florida. You've been an advocate of the Central Florida franchise for many years, trying to get them promoted in many ways. Now they're sitting at number 12 in the first ranking. Uh, too high, too low, disrespected, enough respect. And speak quickly before you, you we lose you. Not quickly. I, I, I think they're a good team. I think 12 is about right because it, I think with the teams that have lost, they don't deserve to be lower than that. And, they have to, and as Rob Bowen said, they have to play teams with the winning records in the next month or so. That'll determine how far they go. If they win up 12-0, then let's see what happens. I think they'll, they'll be probably, best they can do is probably 6 or 7, which is probably where they deserve to be. I don't know. Right. Well, yeah, and remember at the end of the year, they play Cincinnati and USF, and both of those, both of those teams are 7-1. And, and yeah. yeah, Houston's is 7-1. South Florida's 7-1. Cincinnati is seven and one. None, and, so. and none of those teams are in the top twenty-five of the first college football ranking. Is that a is that a tell? Is that a uh, you know what 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 should we glean from that? Nothing. Boston College is a twenty-two. Come on. Well, well they're no. tracking for a New Year's Six bowl, which ought to be something to celebrate. You know, I, I you know to be if they're going to be worried about being in the in the fourteen playoff. They just need to be in in a stronger league, and and you know maybe some of the leagues ought to look at them because it's all about television markets, and you know getting a Central Florida television market might be a good thing for for certain leagues. Right. Uh, well, you know, guys, ultimately, what this argument comes down to, Central Florida <laughs> case, and it's not a particularly strong one, but the case they want to make is, you know, you're 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 uh, punishing us for the lack of a strong schedule, but you're not applying the same principle to Alabama. My response to that would be, first of all, you're not going to apply the same principle to Alabama as you would UCF by definition. You know, Alabama's in the Southeastern Conference has won five of the last nine national championships. I think their program is in a little different place. But but that's that's essentially the argument is that the, the eye test says that Alabama's the best team in the country. Yeah. Just watch them play. Yeah, you see, yeah. you see, why don't you apply the eye test to us? Because we're pretty good. Well, but, you know, if you play a strong, if you play in a conference like the SEC or, or any of the Power Five conferences, really, you, you're not going to schedule crazily in your non-conference. And, and now Alabama is a little vulnerable on that this year, but over time, you know, they shouldn't. Nobody's going to load up with their non-conference schedule when they're playing a really tough. Conference schedule. I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, uh, you know, and I will look at uh, a couple. A couple teams. Fresno State. You know, and Herbie. You know that because Fresno State lost a tough game at Minnesota on a last a, a tremendous interception in the end zone, uh, or else they'd be they would be undefeated, which with a much better resume than Central Florida. That you know they might they would I would say they would be a they would be ahead of Central Florida had they not lost that game. And Utah, mm-hmm. and Utah State lost at Michigan State in the last minute. Again, they would be undefeated. So maybe Central Florida's, you know, should be happy where they are. 
and uh, but I yeah I don't know how how much uh, you know how much ceiling there is for them, but uh, well we shall see. And, and a, a quick reference to Washington State, and I, I was surprised they're at eight. Their schedule is uh, not is not good, but I will say this: Washington State played a game at Wyoming. Uh, name me another team that's in the top. 10 or 12 that would have taken a game at Wyoming. I don't think there is. No. I don't think there is one. So, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not a good team, but that's, you know, that that's a tough place to play, anybody that's been to Laramie. But, uh, and I don't think they'll hold up. They're a nice little story. Uh, but if they do, you know, they have a chance. Uh, you know, they lost the game on a, lap, on a on a block field goal at USC. That was their only loss. But, uh uh, you know, for people a month ago, including myself, that said the Pac-12 had no chance. Well, there is a chance, but it's it's still a long shot, I think. Um, yeah, well, that would be the word. Yeah, but they're sitting at anybody that's eight on 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 Halloween is not out of it. I mean, it's just they're just, they're just no. not. I mean, uh, Herbie, you remember the first year Ohio State opened at. Uh, I think in the in the teens, right? Weren't they fifteen or sixteen? Sixteen, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. And they won well, it all. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think it's just the, the overall Pac-12 uh, footprint this Come on year now. is not. Come on now. Not one that, that makes you think, you know, they're playoff bound. Uh, okay, but I'm saying if they win the rest of their games, what will you know? I don't think they will win the rest of the games, but if they win the rest of their games. Well, yeah, then you know, but but what is, what about Oklahoma and Michigan and Notre Dame? Well, that's so, that's, that's the thing. There's so many dominoes What's that, a, that, that have to fall for them to be really in the Final Four. That I I don't think it's a, well the probability is very high even if they do. Wa- Washington, Washington the, 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 the question you got to ask yourself: twelve and one Michigan, twelve and one Oklahoma, twelve and one Washington State. Who gets in? Right, I agree, but uh, well, Washington State right now has a better strength of schedule than than, than Alabama, which will change on on well, Saturday. But uh, but their schedule strength is 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 right around where Oklahoma is. Uh, what 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 are Oklahoma what are Oklahoma's big wins this year? Somebody refresh me. I don't know. Oklahoma, you know, I guess the the question, the least hypothetical question, I guess in my mind out of this first ranking is if LSU were to beat Alabama, where does Alabama land in next week's uh, ranking? You know, what, what, do you, what, what do you think, Tony? That's, that is the key. Uh, Blau and I were talking about this the other day. Is it, To me, the first set of rankings are set up nicely. Everybody's going to play everybody down the stretch, and it, 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 it goes to form unless – Alabama loses. If mm-hmm. Alabama loses, we could have chaos. And I think it's hard for me to see Alabama, if, if it's a decent game, dropping out of the top four. Could be wrong. Well, could be wrong about that. Tony, what well, that's a, that's that was what I was asking because that's the key question. You know, well, if Alabama loses and they're in the top four, then uh, yeah, but it's it, it's 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 which Alabama loss are we talking about? I mean, they could lose this week and be a problem. They could also lose. Uh, to Georgia in the in the SEC championship game and be a problem, correct? Well, and that and that's really the nightmare scenario of all the scenarios is for Alabama to get to the SEC championship game at number one, to lose a close game to Georgia, 
Georgia gets into Georgia gets into the playoffs, and you got Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, and for the fourth spot, you got twelve and one Michigan, twelve and one Washington State, twelve and one Oklahoma, eleven and two, eleven and one Alabama right. for the last spot. That's your nightmare scenario. Well, and here's what here, here's what reputations do. We talked about about Oklahoma, Oklahoma, uh, a non-conference. They beat Florida Atlantic. Would not. Very good this year, right? Not, I mean, they're down. Right. UCLA, yeah. UCLA, not very good. Army West Point overtime at home <laughs> in Norman. We're, we're lucky. To, so again, but I think that's we all see Oklahoma play, and we know offensively they're they're very uh, very dynamic and a great uh, entertaining team. But uh, yeah, I think uh, what Tony said. I mean, the, the Alabama, the elephant. Uh, whether they lose. This week, or whether they lose, in the, but I don't think they're losing any of those games. So uh, we shall move on. It is Nick Saban's birthday today, Halloween. Happy birthday to Nick Saban! Um, and uh, let's move on to the other. Uh, there's so many more stories, but Kirby uh, got to talk about this. Mer- what happened in Maryland yesterday? Uh, they are they are your team now since Maryland uh, since Maryland joined yeah, the Big Ten. You know what? I, I've, I've tried to. Over the years, I've tried to think that the Big Ten, tried to believe the Big Ten Kool-Aid, that, <laughs> that they, they do it to a higher standard. And, and this just makes that, you know, a bunch of hogwash. I, I just think that between what's going on in Maryland, I don't know how you keep that guy in the sense that how does he recruit? You know, the negative recruiting potential is, is not, is just boggling. Also, Look what he's done there. I mean, it's one thing when Ohio State, you know, battles to keep Urban Meyer, but it's not like DJ Durkin has showed a little bit of promise, but it's really promise. And, you know, the the reports that the president of the university wanted to uh, make a change, it's just, it's just very, very sleazy, I guess yeah. is the word. You know, it's just... It's just there's so much of this going on in the Big Ten lately. And the, the handling of the Urban Meyer thing, uh, I... Just not 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 good optics, and I'm surprised that 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 Maryland was willing to put themselves out to do this. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, well, of course we're talking about DJ Durkin being base is getting his job back, uh, and the guy that that's that's losing his job is the president, who I mean who is leaving, who is re- retiring, quote unquote, uh, because apparently you know he wanted uh, he did not want DJ Durkin to. To get his job back and was overruled by the whatever the board or the investigation, uh, bad optics. But this this story, Tony, uh, this to- story is not over. Uh, there's student protests. There's going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's the father is outraged of the of the you know the, the player that died there. Uh, well, what 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 Maryland and their board of trustees has chosen to do is to create a long lingering spiral down of the program because they're not going to be able to recruit who's going to, who's going to let their kid go to Maryland and play for this guy. Okay. And, and this, 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 this press conference yesterday where the, where the head of the board of trustees was saying it wasn't, you know, we were laying the dysfunctional athletic department. We were laying it all at his feet. I mean, give me a break. The other part of it is that they've got a guy in place, this interim coach, Canada, you know, who certainly has shown that he's very capable of, of taking the job. I mean, I, I just don't understand what they're 
you know, unless there's some secret financial reason, I don't get it. Well, well I don't know what there is. I mean, I, I, I just posted a story for, for TMG just on a rant basis saying, you, I mean, the Big Ten coaches should be rooting for, for Dorkin to keep his job because it's like Tony said, it, it's, it's shooting fish out of a barrel recruiting. I mean, there's not a kid in the country that, I mean, all case closed when, when a, a cozy coach to Maryland says, you want your coach, your son to play for that guy? And that's over. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but uh, you know, and I, I still have doubts whether he's going to be the coach. I mean, there's there's too much. I think we all know why they did this. I, I think they were afraid of a, lo- a major lawsuit from Durkin, basically saying, you know, you didn't. I I asked about certain things and I wanted extra people, and you told me I couldn't have them because of budgetary reasons. I think they're covering their own, their ass on this, but it's it's gonna it, it's backfired already, and I don't think it's gonna. Well, the, the the issue is you can fire a coach for any reason at any time as long as you fulfill the financial obligations in the contract. So whatever the number yeah. is, they could have paid him they could have paid him to go away and they chose not to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they may they may regret yeah. that. <laughs> the uh, other part is if, if he starts litigating, I, I that can't bode well for his future employment possibilities, you know. A lot of these guys get into these situations and they get recycled as coordinators and, and, and after a period of time they're able to, to to get their careers back on track. It just makes no sense. I mean, I'm really surprised that uh, Jim Delaney didn't, you know, huddle with these people and say, look, let, let's just be smart about this because this is not smart. Well, well he should. I mean, he should. I mean, a lot of that should be done. Well, he he's the one that brought Maryland and Rutgers into the league. Right. How does that look okay. now? Yeah, I never, you know, I never was a fan of that. I mean, it's just, you know, it it's thinned out the the scheduling. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, teams that have played each other for generations are, are hardly seeing each other. Uh, nobody gets really pumped for, you know, Maryland Rutgers games in the traditional Big Ten world. It just, yeah, I mean, it was just a television market power play. Um Let's stick, Herb. Let's stick with you a little bit. In in the uh, the Big Ten, you wrote another story this week. It kind of another thing percolating is about the future of Urban Meyer. Um, and last week we were talking about health concerns and all that. Well, now the Cleveland Browns job is open, uh, and you know, the natural speculation would be that maybe Urban is is headed to the NFL. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think the other thing, I mean, just he. After I wrote that, he gave out some interviews where he talked about, you know, this um, headache cyst situation. Yeah. I mean, he's not he's not, not sounding well, like man. a well man. I'm sort of thinking he may not even coach next year, yeah. I mean, even though he insisted the other day that he, he plans to be back at Ohio State. Uh, you know, Cleveland Browns is a natural if he's healthy and if he wants to be a coach. But if you've got if you've got those kind of problems medically uh, that just doesn't sound like a good situation for you to get back into yeah. another coaching job you yeah if you if you thought you had headaches before when I mean, the cleveland Brown, the whole organization is a headache you're you're joining the biggest headache organization in the nfl um i think lincoln riley is probably you know 
the more plausible young. Yeah, that, that name is out there. You know, the thing about Lincoln Riley is he's just getting started. I mean, he's off to a great start in Oklahoma, but do you really go to a place like that, you know, like Cleveland Browns, which has traditionally just been a, a, a not a good place to coach? Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe he'll look, like, he'll look what's happening, you know, a couple hours south in Dallas because that's still. Well, although that could open up, you never know. I mean, I don't know why a guy in his second year at, at a school like Oklahoma and off to a really good start is is looking to the NFL anyway. Well, I'm not all that familiar with him, but well, it just no. seems to me that you, well, you want you want to establish yourself more solidly as a college coach before you take flyers on the NFL. Well, that would that would be the the uh, that would be the history. But uh, up until last year. At Oklahoma, the, the quarterback was making more money than the head coach, so maybe you know hmm. uh, he did get a raise since then. But yeah, uh, I, I, you know, the, one of the ties obviously is Baker Mayfield. I mean, he coached Baker Mayfield. He 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 can uh, uh, he'd be the guy to lead the Cleveland Browns back to you know relevance, and that, I, that's obviously sitting there. I don't know if he's going to do it or not. Um, Let's let's move on to some other. We got so many things. Oh boy, Herb! Again, uh, the Cubs didn't make it to the World Series this year, Herbie. But you've got a lot of stuff going on in Chicago. Notre Dame coming to uh, Evanston uh, this week. Uh, I, I didn't. You know, it's a better game than it looked like a cup when when Northwestern lost to uh, Akron. I didn't think this was going to be a good game, but is it is it going to be a good game now? So I'm more. Yeah, you know, I, I sort of, having seen a lot of Northwestern this year, I don't, you know, they, they, they continue to surprise me. You know, I, I sort of think, you know, they lost their running back. How can they continue? They had some injuries early in the year. They were inexperienced early in the year. And, and, and yet they're peaking at the right time. If they get a couple of breaks early in this game, you know, the pressure is all on Notre Dame. And, and the Northwestern kids, I was out there Saturday and, from fits on down to his players, they're loose here. I mean, this is, you know, if you ask them, honestly, would you rather beat Notre Dame or would you rather win at Iowa the week after, they're going to vote for Iowa because that, that puts them in the driver's seat to uh, to go to a Big Ten championship game. So they can play loose. I, I just don't know that no, Northwestern has the running game to, to get the, anything done. You know, Notre Dame is, is really playing well and, and is a well-balanced team. That's going to be very tough to beat. Yeah, uh, that that's uh, that's probably a conventional wisdom. Um, uh, Blau, you did a story, our TMG Newsmaker of the Week, and I think this is interesting. <laughs> Gardner Minshew sounds like a sounds like a a, a, a a nut, some sort of a cashew. You might Gardner, what a great name! But this guy, I think, is now in the Heisman conversation from from nowhere. A kid, a transfer from East Carolina, uh, was supposed to go to Alabama, uh, didn't want to sit on the bench. I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, this, when we talk about the grad transfer rule um, and how it benefits players to to give them a chance, has there ever been a better uh, case for how this rule benefited a player? Gardner Minshew, a no-name Nobody knew who he was. Now he could he could go to New York as a Heisman finalist because he was allowed to transfer to another school. Right, and the, the only guy I could think of that, that sort of fit that was was Russell Wilson when he went from North Carolina 
you know, uh, the state to, to um, what, well, Wisconsin, right? I mean, I, I think, I think that's that? the only thing. And, he, and like Mitchell was, has come out of nowhere, and he had a great, I mean, he reunited with, with Rick Leach, or united with, with Mike Leach, with yeah. Leach who, who uh, now was his, was his, was his offense was, was what Mitchell grew up watching at Texas Tech. I mean, it's, it's, and he's leading the country in passing. And Washington State, if they went out and beat Washington and have big games, I mean, he, he could be in, he should go to New York. You're right. I think he should go to New now, York. Now, you and Tony have a, a, sort of a, had a little discussion about whether, you know, Gardner versus Tua, which is, seems one-sided. Tua is, is far yeah. and away the, uh, the, the leader, and I agree with all that. But, Tony, uh, the thing that Tua doesn't have, or, and maybe it'll, it'll happen Saturday, is he hasn't been challenged. I mean, he's so good he hasn't been challenged. I don't know if that works against him or not, but uh, you know he hasn't had really any Heisman moments because he hasn't needed any. He hasn't played in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, well, th- there's a, a certain amount to that, but I will simply say this: if Tua lights it up at LSU Saturday night, the so, ball game is up. Ball game's over. Sure. And uh, he, that's right. He has not gotten into a fourth quarter. He's not been pressed because they have played. Uh, so well, so it, and it's going it, to it's going to be interesting. This is a stat that I just looked up. LSU leads the SEC with fourteen interceptions. Tua has twenty five touchdowns <laughs> and yeah. zero interceptions. Yeah, uh, that is going to be quite a matchup. LSU has the best secondary in the Southeastern Conference, so this is going to this is going to be really fascinating. Yeah. Um, the, the, the weird, the, the, this is the strangest Alabama team. I think I've, and by strange, I mean, great, but they are so good that I end up, I end up not watch. I haven't seen very much of them because they're not, you know, you turn on in the second quarter, it's 28 to three and you're and you want to move on to a better game. Um, they might, they might be the most unwatched great team because they don't even play their starters in the fourth quarter. Um, so I'd rather, you know, I'm, I'm out looking at some other teams and going, but, uh, so, I, you know, this, this would be the, you know, the, the first real time this year, I think that we're all going to be sitting around watching Alabama for four quarters to see what they do. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 and then while we're with Tony, you've got the double header of all time, uh, in this conference because Kentucky and is, is going to Georgia uh, now, I think I don't know how Kentucky is going to score against Georgia. Uh, uh, I just I can't see it. Maybe am I wrong? I mean, I don't see this as being a game. You might. I know you yeah, wrote the, the, the the way that Kentucky wins this game. Georgia. Here's the thing about Georgia is that they're not nearly as good on defense as they were a year ago. Uh, they're number eight in the conference against the rush. Uh, Benny Snell of Kentucky leads the SEC in rushing. What Kentucky has to do is what they've done here in the last three or four games. They have to run the ball, shorten the game, and figure out how to literally how to steal it at the end, which is what they did against Vanderbilt, what they did last week against Missouri. If they can keep it close by running the ball, then they got a shot. The, the thing about it is Georgia, if Georgia plays the way they did against uh, Florida last week uh, with Jake Fromm, really having a nice bounce-back game after playing so poorly against LSU, then Kentucky can't win. Kentucky has to win 17-14. to They have to win 21-17. to It has to be like that. If the game gets into the high 20s and 30s, they can't 
they can't. No way they can win. Well, their their last two wins uh, alone are indicative of how they how they have to win. I mean, they uh, you know uh, the way they won last week was amazing going but down the field. Here, but here's the great story about Kentucky last week is they trailed fourteen to three forever, and they're it's starting to get late, and it's still fourteen to three, and Lynn Bowden their best wide receiver went up to, to Mark Stoops, the head coach and says, and Lynn Bowden has never returned a punt in a game in his life. <laughs> and he says, coach, I'm going to go out there and return this punt return. And yeah. Mark Stoops says, go for it. Yeah. There you go. That made it 14 to nine and put them within striking distance to get the breaks at the end to win the game. Yeah, Kentucky's Kentucky's been doing that all year. Go ahead, Jersey guy. You're, you're... That was an amazing flash game-winning drive. I mean, they they scored a touchdown with with the time expired. I mean, I mean, it was an amazing yeah. you know drive which came out of nowhere. I don't think Missouri liked that 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 pass interference call in the end zone. That was a little. Uh, uh, Iffy, but you're right. They, they went down the field when they had to, uh, and got and got the job done. Tony, I here's a, I got a wild card this, in, pertaining to Georgia. Uh, I think there's a wild card sitting out there that we haven't thought about. It, it's Georgia Tech. Um, you know they have to play Georgia Tech, right? Georgia Tech is one of the. Paul Johnson said it this uh, last week. Uh, you know. You're going to get there's good Georgia Tech and there's bad Georgia Tech, and yep. if you get good Georgia Tech this year, they you know the way they demolished uh, um, uh, Louisville and then and their last week when they're and without throwing a attempting a pass I think I don't I don't know what to make of them when but when when they're on they they're tr- they could they're trouble for anybody, but I don't know what you know I don't know which team's showing up. Well, and that's that's what you, you wonder about is that, you know, they're, they're going to play in Athens. Paul Johnson has actually won a couple of times yeah. in Athens. And, and what Georgia Tech's formula is real simple. They want to possess the ball 40 out of 60 minutes of the game. And they figured that puts a lot of pressure on you to score every time. But then the bad Georgia Tech is they fumble the ball, give you easy field position, and, and the game gets out of hand. So And they can't play from behind. Yeah. So it, it just depends. The thing about Georgia is – uh, their creative scheduling, and everybody in the SEC does this. They will play the week before they play Georgia Tech. They'll play UMass at home. Hey, so <laughs> now Oops. UMass. Now come on, Mark. How, do, your, that's your guy. That's your guy Whipple. How, it t- is taking that money game. What, what are they getting for that? A couple million, a couple million bucks, or a million bucks? Yeah, UMass just lost to UConn. So. <laughs> That's how the defense of UMass. Yeah, what uh, uh, are you going? Is are you going to the uh, Red, is the Red Sox parade today? By the way, are you going? Are you it's, going? It's to? over, buddy. They had it this morning. Duck oh. boats were were in full bloom again. Right. Are are the Red Sox still a lovable story? Or I I, I think you know what I think after a hundred years that Babe Ruth trade I think it's kind of evened out. <laughs> I think it was a, I think it was, I think it was a good uh, good trade for both franchises. <laughs> yeah, um, but this this was a likable Red Sox team. I mean, there were there aren't any too many bad guys on this team. I mean, David Price was kind of a, a little quirky at the end of the regular season, and of course part of the playoffs, but he turned himself into a hero in, in like five days. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Congratulations, and uh, and uh, you know, I guess uh, we'll, we'll wait for the Patriots parade. I guess is the next parade, and then this, that's, that's next up. Yeah. And then the Celtics after that, and then you can have a, a, a fine. And the Bruins are still hanging around. Hey, so the Bruins you know, do. Let's go for a sweep. Right. Why not? <laughs> okay. Well, let's. Uh, we'll start to wrap it up. I got. I'll give you my my fifteen seconds of West Coast news. Big story that's not a big story is you know, Chip Kelly going back to Oregon this week, and never has that been less <coughs> exciting uh, uh, than we thought it might be when, when, he, when he got this job. Uh, Chip, USC made a coaching change, fired their offensive line coach. USC is 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Chip, uh, Clay Helton got the dreaded vote of confidence from Lynn Swan, who actually stepped up yesterday. Is that a cat on Halloween? Mm-hmm. What was that? Where was that Sorry, I guess my, my cat wandered in here. My cat story wandered oh. in here without permission. Is Uh-oh. It, is, that, is it a black Tory, cat? Tori, na- named after, it is a black cat. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Named, well, named up, named up, my daughter named it after Tori Amos. Cat, poor cat's 19 years old. I mean, what are you going to do? So. Oh, man. Well, that's a... Well, if it, it's a wild cat, you know, some of your dog friends are not going to be, uh, they're going to be wondering. <laughs> That's a perfect. That's a perfect uh, little, uh, you know, moment for for Halloween. Uh, and uh, Harry Houdini, by the way, who who died on Halloween. The, the speaking of uh, interesting Halloween stories. But uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about uh, USC, and I'm just about done talking about USC. But uh, you know, Lynn Swan gave Clay Helton the, the dreaded vote of confidence. Uh, I don't think Clay Helton's in, in trouble. He's going to start calling plays again. Uh, but it is interesting that this is, maybe this shows you the state of the Pac-12. USC, is their last two years, uh, won the Rose Bowl by being Penn State and are the defending Pac-12 champions until uh, they're not, which will be soon. But, uh, uh, you know, this is kind of, uh, as I've always said, when USC's down, the perception of the conference is down, and I think that's true. Uh, moving on, are there any games we're missing? Uh, uh, Blau- Jersey guy, Boston College, you mock them, you make fun of them, you criticize them. They are a ranked team, 6-2, and two, headed to Blacksburg, Virginia, in a game that now appears to be winnable since Black- uh, Virginia Tech has struggled mightily. Uh, on defense, surprisingly, uh, are you ready to apologize to the the BC Nation? No, no. I mean, I'm going to go. You know, fool me once. You know, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame. I mean, shame on me because I, I bit I bit on that against Purdue when they went in the seven point favorites over Purdue. I know a winless Purdue one, and they got their they got their their butt kicked. And so that now they're a favorite over Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. I understand all the all the you know metrics of it. I understand what Virginia Tech is playing. I've seen them; they're not that good. I still can't. Uh, I, I don't trust BC yet. I, I'm still not biting on that one. Okay. All right. Well, uh, when they have a parade for Boston College, uh, we'll be talking about that. You know, they're big. Uh... We can hold the we can hold the parade in the room in this room, Chris. <laughs> okay. Well, in the Big Ten, you got there. There's one possible nightmare scenario. You got Penn State at Michigan on Saturday. Oh yeah, that's if right. Penn, if if Penn State takes out Michigan, and Ooh. then and then um, Michigan takes out Ohio State, 
I don't know. Then, then all of a sudden, the Big Ten's playoff chances could get pretty shaky. Yeah, I mean, well, Central Florida. Well, well, what there about, you go. Central Florida will be rooting for Penn State. What about yeah. absolutely? Can't can't Washington State get in get in the mix in that scenario? Or I think you're, you're Washington you're State. Well, I think so. I mean, you know, we always talk about these scenarios, and 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 there are you know lots of ways that teams that we're not really thinking about can move up in the world and. You know, Penn State, Michigan. You know, it's a it's a ten point line. Uh, you would think that Michigan's going to take care of business, but that that wouldn't be you know an overwhelmingly startling uh, upset if it if it turned out that Michigan didn't get it done. Yeah, um, Tony, we do we still have you? I, 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 yeah, we're, uh, you, I lost you for a few minutes, and now I'm back. I told you. Yeah, that. I got Tony on my video. You're yeah, looking good, Tony. Yeah. I don't see the cat. Can you? you no, no, we we got we got rid of the cat. Oh, you got rid of the cat. I hope you in, in the in the in the nice sense. No, you just put it put it outside. Uh, we were just we were kind of just talking about the the weekend games. We sort of uh, covered, I think, uh, everything in your area. Is there anything else? Is there any other game in the SEC? Well, we got. Uh, I'll tell you, Texas A and M is at Auburn, correct? Uh, we, yeah, we thought that was going to be a big game. Yeah, about a month ago, but it's it's uh, it's not. It's not. It's, it's going to be interesting because Gus, Gus. Put it this way. Gus needs Gus Malzahn needs every win he can get. Let's just put it that way. Right, but yeah. uh, uh, you know, one more in the one more of interest in the Big Ten. If Iowa's at Purdue, and that, that's kind of a toss-up game. If Iowa loses, I think Northwestern could almost lose at Iowa and still win the the Big Ten West. I mean, they would they would have a two-game lead on Iowa, and they win the tiebreakers with Purdue and Wisconsin. Uh, so you know, get ready for Northwestern in the uh, Big Ten championship game if, if if Purdue takes care of business. Ooh, wow, what about uh, is Purdue is Purdue still a shot in the West? I mean, what's their what are their, was... Well, they do, except that they have two losses. Northwestern has one, uh, and Northwestern gets the head-to-head tiebreaker. So basically, you know, Northwestern's really solid with the Wisconsin and Purdue tiebreakers. And they're up a game on Iowa. They could be up two games on Iowa if Iowa loses this week. It's really set up for Northwestern to be in that championship game. Um, if they win the Iowa game and don't have any stumbles, it's a done deal. But if if Iowa loses this week, they don't even necessarily need to win the Iowa game. Right. But what I'm thinking here, kind of my crazy, um, just kind of down the road, what what Ohio State Ohio State wants, they they need Purdue to win the West. And then they avenge their ugly loss. To I mean, I, if I'm Ohio State fan, I, I just don't know if, 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 if Purdue is still viable in, in the West uh, to to do that. But I, that's what I'd be rooting for if I was Ohio State. Uh, otherwise, well, then you'd need you'd need Northwestern to not only lose at Iowa, but they would have to lose at Minnesota, didn't that, or didn't, to Illinois. I, I you know those would those would be pretty startling losses. That's like losing to Akron. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, Akron, they had two or three offensive linemen down. And they had a lot of things going on. You can't way. sleep. You don't sleep on Akron, obviously. So That's uh, right. Akron, you know, they're, 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 they can sneak up on you. Uh, <laughs> 
All right, I got I got nothing else. Tony, what do you have anything to add? Uh, what are, what are we missing? Are we we leaving anything? Well, I, I I just think that November is going to be a lot of fun because yeah. there's stuff that we don't know about that's going to happen. But you sit there and look at all the games, and you know we haven't even talked about West Virginia, and West Virginia could sneak around the chicken coop and snatch this thing in at, at the very end. Well, speaking of which, uh, and West Virginia is playing is at Texas. Uh, this week, not as you know, Texas, Texas lost now, but but still, that's that's a you know that's a marquee game and another interesting one. Oklahoma is playing Texas Tech, which could be about a 150 point game. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right, Tony. This is our this is our month. I mean, now that the World Series is over, uh, NBA just started. The NFL is kind of just sort of mid season, but this is this is the the month for college football. The next six weeks. Um, and it kind of gets the stage to itself, and uh, maybe the you know you could argue the most exciting five or six weeks of the season in a lot of ways, except for the uh, the West Coast. But uh, you know, understanding the rest of the country is interested. Anything else, boys? No, no. Let's see what happens in the next over the weekend. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, all right, we'll uh, we'll be back next week to see how it all shook out, and until then. Adios.